WMQA. Hello and welcome to WMQA. I'm Dan Grote. And I'm Matt Laswitz. And this week, our guest is the artist on Marvel's Way of X and the upcoming Cable Reloaded one shot, Bob Quinn. Welcome to the show, Bob. Hey, it's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> so, uh, Bob, you're a first time guest, so I'll ask you the first time guest question. Uh, what are some of the first comics that you remember reading? Uh, so my, my dirty secret in the comic book world that is rapidly becoming not a secret the more of these uh, podcasts I end up on is that uh, I was not a big comic book guy, but I was a huge comic strip guy. So like okay. growing up, all I read was like Mad Magazine. Mm-hmm. So like all my favorites were like Dave Berg and Duck Edwing and Mort Drucker and mm-hmm. Don Martin and all those guys. So like that, those, that, that's what I remember growing up was like the lighter side of and a mad look at and Spy versus Spy and all that crap. So that that was that was my comics, and that's why my books are so weird. They don't look like. <laughs> and, uh, and and we're gonna get into that. Uh, so yeah. Oh yeah, yeah let's go. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, let's get down to brass uh, cones, uh, as it were. So you're drawing Way of X from Marvel, which uh, first of all, you know, right off the bat, for my money, one of the best X books out there right now. Uh, listeners, uh, quick warning. Thank we're you. Be, you're welcome. Uh, we're going to be talking story points from the first three issues. Uh, issue three will have come out by the time this airs. Uh, so yeah, if that's you're a good not point. caught okay. up and you don't want to be spoiled, uh, well, one, we have a rich, deep back catalog, and this episode will be there when you're ready. Okay, I think they're gone. Uh, let's talk about the poop mutant. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was issue two, though, so everybody knows about it. It's okay. That's true. That's true. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but there's other stuff. Um, so- I, I never thought anybody was going to give a crap about that, which is funny. <laughs> crap. Oh. But, like, I, I, I threw it in as a joke, and I was like, I don't know, 10 people are going to give a, you know, are going to care about this stupid joke I threw in the background. And, like, next thing I know, she's got, like, a Marvel fandom wiki page, and <laughs> it was, like, the most visited page on that website. <laughs> For like a long time, I felt I was like, "They're gonna fire me for this one." Like, I, that's it. That was my last issue. Sorry, guys. And luckily, nobody seems mad about it yet. My friend, you you clearly are new to X fandom because this is a group where the mutant whose digestive system comes out and turns into two giant bug things has a strong fan base weird mutants are something that people love there is a subreddit somewhere asking why soft serve hasn't kissed anyone yet (laughs) (laughs) i did find a subreddit where, where people were talking about it a lot and it was one of the funniest things i'd ever read one person actually did understand how her powers worked which was interesting i was pretty pleased about that okay yeah. <laughs> on like a biological level uh yeah actually <laughs> I, I i have thought this all through guys i know how all of it works <laughs> <laughs> oh man it, it's it's so fun like and the thing is like if you if you hadn't tweeted about it i don't know if, if it would have caught on as much because you know no one would have like, noticed it's like a, it's like a stick fit well no it's not actually a stick fit. you know what i mean like it's so far in the background that it's, it's- like it's just this side of a stick figure. Like it's so far in the background, there's like no detail. Cause I like, I didn't want to have like way up in the foreground. <laughs> like everybody's getting ready for this glamorous hellfire gala. Why is this one holding an ice cream cone? None of this makes any sense. <laughs> that was a weird choice, Bob. And I'm sitting here going, <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> it's like oh, right geez. in front of the gate too. So it's all these like fancy mutants. And then yeah, it's like, it's like, there's somebody offering somebody something. And then the other one's kind of like. It's like, hey. Out, like, <laughs> 
it looks like like i'm only reading body language but it looks like polite disgust like what's happening <laughs> like <laughs> oh. it's not gross i promise it's not gross it, or, okay, here I'll, for, for for the listeners her mm-hmm. body is a portal to the ice cream dimension so there's no pooping involved <laughs> So it never t- it never actually touches her. <laughs> it's just a, it's a d- delicious dimension of ice cream. There's a, a dimension I'd like to visit. See, me too. <laughs> so see, it's just like Cyclops, but instead of force beams coming out of the eyes, it's ice yeah. cream coming out of the anus. Yes, it's just unfortunate uh, placement. <laughs> <laughs> but but this is like this is like a character you had in your sketchbook for a while, and and like. You, you found this this opportunity to just be like now, now it's soft serves time yeah more or less i was it, i literally so what happens is is my wife and i go to the laundromat and then there's like a little seating area out back we eat donuts and i draw things and you know like she'll you know play disney emoji blitz or whatever mm-hmm. and then one day i just drew this stupid cartoon and i was like screw it i'll put it in the background who will care <laughs> apparently a lot of people care <laughs> It really caught me off guard. I like I, I kind of stopped talking about it because it was getting to the point where I was like, this is too much attention and I don't like it. <laughs> I was like, this is just supposed to be a dumb joke, people. And then like, you know, a lot a lot of weirdos started coming out of the woodwork and I was like, I don't want to talk about it with any of you people. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway. Now now at what stage did uh Cy uh Spurrier uh get get clued into uh soft serves existence? After he, she'd been drawn to the paddle before, <laughs> it was before because um, I had a I'd pinned a tweet uh, uh, of the of the original drawing, and I think he saw it and laughed about it and retweeted it. Like he just oh you know because I just made some comment of like oh you know the the fun thing of working on these X books is you can hide people in the background, and he just retweeted it I think because he thought it was you know it was funny because you know it's, it's stupid right, and then I was like well. I'm really gonna do it though, right? Like I have to. I have. To, I can't not do this. So I, just, you know, just did it, and now, now I guess it is what it is. <laughs> oh man, uh, much to Jordan White's chagrin. Um, <laughs> he hasn't said anything to me about it, so I guess he's not that mad. Um. So you know, uh, cons are, are are slowly kind of making their way back. Uh. You yeah. know, more so at the end of the year. Uh, first, you know, do you plan to head back out on the road? But if so, you know, do you, do you expect to get a lot of uh, soft serve uh, sketch requests? Uh, well, we'll see, man. I have no idea. So my, I do have a table that's a holdover from last year at Rose City Comic Con, mm-hmm. and um, I'm gonna try to get to Emerald City. I don't know. It, it's really gonna depend on you know sort of tracking numbers and seeing what my comfortability level is and all that stuff. You know, it, it, sure. it's, 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 we're like a super weird time right now where it's like, it seems like it's getting better. Could it turn a corner and be terrible again in three months? Like nobody seems to know. Yeah. So, you know, uh, here's hoping I can get back out and you know, if, if, if you want to draw a soft serve, I'll, I'll, I'll draw you something stupid. <laughs> it's fine. They're very, they're very expensive and very exclusive though. So make sure you want it. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so uh, this feels like a good spot to to pepper in uh, the Twitter questions we got, uh, and and no better place to to start than with the asker of askers, uh, the loyalist the loyalist content consumer uh, as my fangirl who asks uh, if you could have a non aggressive uh, silly power like soft serves, what would you uh-huh. choose? I could have a non aggressive silly power. 
man, I probably I don't think I'd want to poop ice cream because you know it, I I I just feel like like it, it's fun at certain parties, but then like not at every party. Sure. I don't know. You know, like I, I'd want to be able to do something like I'd want to do something like super mundane. Like if if I made a hamburger, it was like the best hamburger you ever had, but it would still just be like making a hamburger. Because mm-hmm. it's, like, it's, it's easily one of my favorite foods. And if I could just make something that was incredible, you know, I'm like, here you go, a hamburger. And everybody's like, whoa. Like Gordon Ramsay was like, whoa. <laughs> sure, I'll take that one. Something, something special, a little extra love, put in the patties or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, with Gordon Ramsay, it makes up for burning the risotto. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He's like, this risotto, this risotto is terrible, but this hamburger, mwah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think I think that'd be it, Fred. Because I'm a terrible cook, and that'd be a nice nice arrow to add to the quiver, I guess. Ab- or absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, she also asks, uh, "What non-standard flavor of ice cream would you recommend people try?" Um, non- while you think of that, standard. I will jump in with my answer. Uh, I will say, back when Cold Stone Creameries were everywhere in South Jersey, where I live, there was mm-hmm. an apple pie a la mode flavor that I was addicted to. So that that is that is my answer for that. Uh, this this is an easy this is an easy answer for me because I'm from the Midwest originally, mm-hmm. and uh, out out in the Midwest we have a flavor called Blue Moon. Okay, and I have no idea what the actual flavor is. Nobody can really place it. Some people say it tastes like uh, fruity pebbles, um, but to me it really doesn't. But it, it's a it's a very Midwestern flavor. Nobody can actually like accurately recreate it anywhere I've ever been. So that's the one you should absolutely. If you ever find yourself in the Milwaukee area, go find some Blue Moon ice cream, Cedar Crest. It's very good. Interesting. Yep. Blue Moon ice cream in the beer capital of uh, the U.S. Interesting. Yep. I like that. <laughs> uh, so uh, in 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 all seriousness, uh, you know, what is your uh, favorite thing that you've gotten to draw uh, so far in these first three issues? Oh man, I, I don't know. Like I really. I really enjoy, so there's two things I've really enjoyed in, in this uh, more than anything. Like, I've really, really enjoyed drawing Kurt. He's just super fun. He's very dynamic. He's, he always looks a little spooky because his face is always in shadow. And, <laughs> and he, he um, you know, you, you can, you have, to, you have to find different ways to pose him. Because, like, he, like, if he's going to sit on something, he's not just going to sit on something, right? He's going to do something cool, right? Like, he's, yeah. he's, he's, he's fun to move around. He's sort, of, he's sort of lanky and, 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 and you know, he can jump around. Just, so, like, he's just, uh, he's a joy to draw in, in every panel. Um, I've also really enjoyed, uh, the, as time has gone on, after she got her powers back, I've really enjoyed drawing Lost because she's so, like, her, her proportions are so odd. And she kind of, like, snakes and swoops around all the panels. Like, um, she's, re- like she's very different than anything I've ever drawn because, like, I have a tendency to get uh, a little bit of insight into the guy's process. Uh, I, I feel like sometimes I have a tendency to get a little, uh, a little stiff with my poses sometimes. Sometimes, not all the time, sometimes. And she is a very good way of me breaking that because every, every panel with her has a, and every time she appears in it, she has a very distinct flow to her. Mm-hmm. And it kind of gets me thinking more about flow and motion. And cause like, you know, you see people go, you got to draw the, you got to draw the line of action. And she's like the only character I actually draw the line of action for because she demands it because she kind of floats and, you know, wafts around panels and stuff. So, um, but yeah, she, I, I, I really like drawing her cause she's so, she's sort of weird looking. 
Now, uh, maybe this maybe this is the same answer. Maybe it's not. Uh, what's what's been the most challenging thing uh, to draw in the book? Oh my god, the, the, this entire book has been an incredible challenge. Um, it's easily the hardest book I've ever drawn. It's also the most uh, rewarding book I've ever drawn. Like every, like uh, you can see probably in the background here, I'm still working on uh, today's page, and like every panel of Krakoa has to look like the most lush, beautiful place you've you'd ever want to see in your entire life. Like it has to look like paradise and like drawing paradise and all the foliage and all that stuff. That stuff is extremely time consuming, like making it look just right, making the making the trees look inviting, right? Like inviting new, inventing new shapes for how, you know, uh, plants are going to drape and stuff like that. Like finding weird exotic plants on the Internet that you might be able to sprinkle into the background that just like look cool. Um, but that's been a real challenge. Oh, also high on the list of things that I really enjoy drawing uh, real quick, going back to it, is I, I found out that I'm like a huge pixie fan throughout the, <laughs> the, the course of doing this book, which I didn't, uh, like I kind of knew because I got to draw a little bit of her in, uh, in Champions and I was like, oh, she's fun. I remember her from, from the Academy X days, but then, you know, the more, the more stuff we've done with her in a book, I was like, oh, she's rad. <laughs> <laughs> There, there's some kind of joke about it being easier if they paved paradise and put up a parking lot, but I'm old, and so that that joke would not click for most of our audience. It landed for me, and I really appreciate it. Okay, there <laughs> yeah. we go. It, it would be nice because I, everything would just be boxes in the background, boxes, and then but you got to make sure all the cars are on the inside because no artist likes drawing cars. Some of them do, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> That's a real specialized talent. You know, the, the you know, that's how you got to get those people to draw transformers since, you know, oh, those, that, that real time. technical drawing stuff. Yeah. No, no, no. Thank you. <laughs> I'll, so, I'll take a trees and make them up. So that's fine. <laughs> so if somebody comes to you and is like, uh, yeah, so we're going to do a line. We got the license for Fast and the Furious and uh, we'd really you like know what? I'd actually do it. I'd actually do it because way back in the day, I used to work for Neil Moritz's company uh, okay. back when like the first like it was way back in the day. So it was like when Fast, Too Fast, Too Furious came out, I was working there. Uh, and around the same time that they put out Triple X uh, with starring Vin Diesel. Uh, and so, yeah, I would totally do that just to, to, to get th th those were actually those were those were good days. I was a younger man. I was in college, you know, I could relive my youth through through comic books. Sounds good. Sounds good yeah. to me <laughs> like that. <laughs> Worth drawing cars for. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um. So uh, you got to do uh, one of the, you know, the Hellfire Gala design variants yes. uh, you know, with your cast uh, all, all gussied up and, and Kurt and his outfit and everything. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, is, is fashion your, your forte or is that something that you kind of had to, to bone up on uh, going into the gala? Uh, so like in my, in my real, real early days when I was first actually like my, my first attempt to break into the industry, I did like, two books, uh, two attempts at a, with a friend of mine. I, I just was absolutely not there. And like, I would go to like, I, 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 is slave labor even still a thing? I don't think they are. But like, you know, I, tr I was like talking to people at slave labor and stuff like that. And I used to talk mm -hmm. to um, Ape Entertainment and, and all those guys, like, you know, like when I was really first coming up and um, I, I was absolutely terrible. Like I was just really, really bad. But you know, you, you never know. You're, you're like, oh, I don't know, this is pretty good, right? So, um, but I kept getting turned down and turned down. And I was like, oh, maybe I should actually talk to like an artist one of these days. I was actually a big fan in those days. And still to this day, uh, I was a big fan of uh, Sean Cheeks Galloway. 
And I went and spoke to him at a, uh, at a con and I was like, I showed him my stuff and I was like, what am I doing wrong? And to his credit, you know, he sat there and he like went through the pages and like, you know, here, here's, here's what you're doing here, but you should probably do it like this. And, you know, try to stagger panels like this. And your, your eyeline is going to be like this. And like, he went through all the stuff with me and he's like, well, here's where your perspective is wrong and all this stuff. And I like, you know, obviously like my eyes are getting bigger as like all the knowledge of the universe is being dumped into my brain. But like, we got talking a little bit. And at one point he said to me, well, part of being like a, uh, a comic book artist, but also like a, a character designer is being a fashion designer and kind of needing to know what people are wearing right and like knowing kind of what's going on in fashion because you know like their comic books are like pop entertainment that is sort of of now right mm -hmm. um so you know you, it, it's it's helpful to you to know what is going on in the fashion world like having people look like they look right now so i actually i did take that to heart and spent a not insignificant amount of time sort of like sort of as i'm drawing stuff sort of looking at what people wear today um, cause you know, I've, I've had a few, I've had a few books where that were, you know, like period pieces and stuff like that. You know, like I did like, um, James Bond and Lone Ranger and stuff like that. But, yeah. um, th that, that stuff that, that did stick with me. So when this came up, it was actually an opportunity to sort of flex that muscle a little bit. Cause you know, I, for the most part, when you're working on, you know, a licensed book, uh, you know, like, uh, or, or, uh, something with Marvel, they kind of say, okay, well, this is what the guy looks like. Right. Like, and, um, it's, in my experience, at least, it's sort of rare that, you know, a guy who's just coming in and being like, hey, just draw this one book for five issues or six issues or whatever it is you're going to be drawing it for, uh, gets an opportunity to do a lot of design work. So I haven't yet. And so they were like, do you want to draw these these gala outfits? And I was like, heck, yeah, I absolutely want to do this. It'd, be, it'd just be a fun thing to do. And, um, you know, to to the, the, the team's credit, they, they kind of had some rough ideas of like, we think maybe they'd wear something like this. And we're, we're thinking maybe that this should be the focal point of the thing. So like, they, they, you know, they gave me a little bit of something to work off of, which, you know, obviously is a jumping off point becomes very easy to, you know, just sort of like riff from there. So, you know, having having nothing but wide open space can be a challenge, but when you have a jumping off point and a little bit of something to play within, Mm -hmm. uh the the design process becomes uh quite a bit easier so i was able to like blast like i blasted out probably eight to 16 different outfits per character and then we slowly uh, uh with, the, with the team sort of narrowed down to the right thing like making little tweaks and refinements and stuff like that as we went on and uh i i'm actually pretty proud with the way most of them uh turned out kurtz and pixies in particular i, I was i was very happy with part, part of pixie's outfit was actually an accident too uh, which was which was pretty cool. Well, when you know, all of a sudden you go, "Oops!" and then you go, "Oh, that, that looks cool." Because <laughs> um, because originally, so I don't know if it, if you guys have seen that design. Have you seen that with the with the black dress and the lace thing? Yes. Have you seen it? Yeah. Okay. So uh, for the for the podcast, go buy the issue and look at the cover. You dopes. It's it's a great book, and you should also look at all the great work I did. But so the way that her outfit is is like she has like this sort of like night like this black dress right and it has sort of a lacy shoulder thing lacy thing around the hip and originally the neckline uh was it was not like plunging right but like it was it was a, it was a deeper v right okay. and um as i was doing the concept work i i was sort of like filling in the blacks and stuff like that and i hadn't completed like one of the lines and it flat filled all the way up to her neck and i went oh oh that was a mistake and then i stopped and i looked and i was like wait a second this looks rad <laughs> and i was like i was not expecting this so i sent it in and i was just like that, that first one is an accident, but I actually think it looks the best. Are we cool with this? And everybody was like, yes, that's the one. And I was like, sweet. So, uh, it, you know, 
Bob Ross happy accidents. I'm, I have my Bob Ross bobblehead over there. So, um, I, I got to say, Kurt has one of, if not my favorite, of the the gala looks. That yes, buckler thing is <laughs> phenomenal. It's Thank so you. Kurt. Thank you so much. Yeah, that one was a lot of fun. I, I don't even remember what I don't even know that that we had a strong prompt for him. I just kind of started like shotgunning stuff. Like I had, I had stuff that was a bit more sort of high fashion, uh, high fashion-y. And then like at a certain point I went like three musketeers swashbuckling kind of cool, cool hat, you know, frilly pauldrons and stuff like that would look really cool and also look nice and fancy. And I was like, yeah, we're going to have to throw that in there and see how it looks. And everybody was like, yep, that's, that's, that's the guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. The hat absolutely makes it. I mean, the gala is, is rife with hats, up to and including Charles and Eric's couple costume with <laughs> the helmet and the, the top hat. It's yeah. No, it was so funny because I, I had done I had done two or three hats. I did like a tricorn hat. And I had like a top hat, but then I kind of I got I found that sort of side up musketeer one, and I sent the other three too. And I was like, I'm just showing you these ones to show you that I did them, but I'm not drawing any hat other than this one. And they were like, Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I don't care what your opinion is. That's the hat I'm drawing. <laughs> the, uh, the the scene in issue two where where Legion goes into Kurt's head and we see all the different sort of facets of his personality, you mm. know. So you get pirate Kurt and you get priest Kurt and, and and all that. Did that did that help? Did that give you like a running start when it came time to kind of plan his gala look at all? Uh, you know what? I think I actually had all that design work done before I drew that. Um, I'm, I, I'd have to go back through the old emails, but I'm fairly certain that I already had his outfit designed before I did that panel. Um, that, yeah, but that, that whole, that page was crazy. Like I, I, I'm, I'm reading through the script and it's like Spanish galleon in, in a maelstrom with a, and I was just like, what? And I was like, this, this size Spurrier fellow is trying to kill me. It's <laughs> fine. It was totally worth it. Like that when I looked at the, I, I, I just got the comps in the mail. I looked, I was like, Hey, look, this page didn't turn out too bad. <laughs> Which is always a nice feeling when you can look back at the issue and go, hey, I didn't screw this one up. <laughs> my, my favorite quote is from, um, is from Gene Colan, I think. And I think he used to say, never look at a page after you turn it in. And I usually, I usually take that to heart because every time, like, I feel like because, you know, it's like every, every issue is on a, is on a, is on a deadline mm -hmm. and, you know, you kind of have to make a decision and go, okay, that's just, that's just what it has to be. That there, there's invariably going to be something on a page you look back and you go, yeah, well, just gonna have to live with that one. <laughs> uh, but that that page, I was like, okay, yeah, that one works. <laughs> that one was fun. Um, when it when it comes to the the gala itself, you know, what can you share about the the process of of drawing the the sort of you know real world figures who've been peppered in uh, throughout the oh. event? <laughs> uh, I will I will tell you, like, I messaged Matt. We got the review copies just a couple hours ago, mm. and like the first thing I do is like. Oh, holy shit. In the very first pa panel of this book, Jason Manzoukas is talking to Cyclops. Yeah. That was wonderful. <laughs> well, I'm, gl I'm, gl I'm just glad everybody could tell who everybody was, I guess. So that was good. Um, so let me, let me think what I can say about this, about at least, at least the celebrity appearance stuff. So it was actually funny. Um, I don't know. I, don't, I probably won't get in trouble for this. So I, I, I got the message that we were including celebrities after I'd already turned all the pages in for the, uh, for the gala. So it was kind of like, Hey, uh, by the way, 
can we can we please put uh, you know Jason Mansukis in the back of this? Can we put Paul Shearer in the back of this one? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I guess we'll figure that one out. And then like you know, I'd end up having to sort of like rejigger some of the panels and like redraw parts of it to, just to make sure that the you know wh- whoever was supposed to be there was in there. Um, but we got uh, I'm, I'm fairly certain the other artists got it. But like we we got like a here's who's going to appear in your issue try to fit them into the gala wherever it is you know appropriate for you to do so and then um in my case and i think i would assume with everybody else's case we got a preferred outfit that they'd be in because you know obviously it's a sort of like a met gala thing so everybody's supposed to be extraordinarily fashionable right <laughs> so um I got like, you know, Jason Mansukis and he was like, I, I don't know, probably just like a tuxedo. And I was like, okay, that's easy. And Paul Shearer was like, yeah, a tuxedo makes sense. And then uh, my, my final appearance was Taboo from the Black Eyed Peas. And as we know, that gentleman is a fashionista. That boy knows how to dress in fancy clothes and look radical at all times. And he had this brick of text of like cool stuff he wanted to be wearing. And I was like, he, and like all this reference photography of him looking rad. And I was like, okay, yeah, made my job easy because I can make sure A, he looks cool and B, he's going to be happy with it. And I didn't really have to change anything. So I'm assuming I did a good job. <laughs> I'm assuming he saw it and was like, good job, Bob. And I was like, yeah, hey, good job to you too. We are not an email communication, but hey, Taboo, if you ever want to hang out, you let me know. You give me some fashion tips. I always look like a schlub. Help, help a guy out. Um. So I'm curious about this, you know, uh, you know, we hear, you know, when, when people who are involved in the Xbox go on, you know, other shows and stuff like that, you know, they talk about the, the, the slack and, and, you know, the writers seem very connected, obviously, but, you know, is there a, is there a space or is there, or is there a, a, a habit by which, you know, the artists uh, talk to each other, you know, are you ever in communication with like Happy Laraz or, or uh, I, 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 like I, it's like, so I, at one point, Part of that question is, I wish I was in contact with Pepe. And the other half of it is, I'm so glad I'm not. So let me give you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a little inside scoop on how the Hellfire Gala came together. Okay. Um, so because this was like a big, so scheduling wise is actually really funny, right? Because like we, we were one of the last books that was going to have this particular event in it uh, greenlit. Right. So like after they said, oh, yeah, Hellfire Gala. And then they're like, oh, yeah, wave X, we should do that. And, and you guys can be in it, too. I think I was one of the first people that ended up actually drawing anything. So I'm I'm I get to the issue and I'm all like, so what does any of this stuff look like? And they're like, uh, uh, we, we don't know yet, because, you know, because uh, I think I think Josh Kassara was uh, was doing some of his. Is that, is that his name, Josh? Yes. OK, yeah. I, I want to make sure I got his name right. So Josh was drawing his issue and like things were kind of starting to filter in a little bit. And, and one of the other books was coming into it and I can't remember, but, but like the backgrounds in them were tended to be kind of sparse and I'm trying to figure out what the space looks like at all. Um, but what I did have was a big PDF that was full of all the different, you know, uh, gala outfit designs. So that I was able to go in and, and populate with people pretty easily. But as far as what the space looked like, it was uh, it was it was pretty bare bones by the time I got to it. So I kind of held off on drawing it until there was a bit more that existed. Um, so what ended up happening was as things went on, and I, I ended up being one of the first people done with the pages. It was like myself, and then Josh, and then um, I can't remember what the other book was off the top of my head. Um, but like three three books have basically started actually producing pages, and then. 
um, editorial was like, hey, everybody, here's a big, um, you know, like art thread that everybody can post to. And I looked at the names on the list and I was like, I, I can't send these pages to these people. These are like the people that are like, these, these, these are the people that I like, you know, I, I, you know, I don't want to be like starstruck, but like, these are people I look up to. Right. And I was like, these pages, I don't want to show these to these people. <laughs> I was like, I, these are not good enough to show paper. Like, I, I do not want him to know that I'm stinking up his universe in any way. <laughs> so, but you know, I, I kind of like, I, I just sort of ignored the thread a little bit. And then one of the other editors was like, well, here's the stuff from way of X. I was like, Oh no, now they all know I'm terrible. <laughs> now they all know that I shouldn't be on this book. But, uh, you know, luckily, nobody said anything. So, uh, and, and apparently, uh, people seem to enjoy our issues. So I guess I didn't stink it up too bad. But I, I became extraordinarily self-conscious when I saw the, the, the names on that list and looked at it. It's like, oh, yeah, all these guys are amazing. Every single one of these people is amazing. And what am I doing here? <laughs> your old pal Bob has imposter syndrome real bad. There you go. Now, 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 okay, it came out on your podcast. You got the inside scoop. What else do you have to drag for me? <laughs> <laughs> what else do well, I have to admit to on this show? <laughs> well, listen, these two middle-aged randos tell you you belong. Yes. Oh, yes, we do. Hey, yeah, they did it. <laughs> Sweet. All right. So, uh, you know, I am curious now that we said, so before it was like, Krakoa has to be, you know, paradise. What was it like when you were said, oh, by the way, now Mars, Terraform <laughs> Mars. How's that sound to you? Dude, okay, you got to understand that, like, when that happened, I literally just got the black and white art from Planet Size X-Men. And I just, I, I sat there the whole day going, like, like, just, like, pouring over each page, being like, all right, I guess I got to follow this up somehow. Um, it, it, I mean, it, it's, it's easily, like, like I said, this is, like, the most challenging and most rewarding book. Like, I feel like I've made a lot of improvements just by seeing what other people are doing and being able to kind of be like, Oh, you can, cause like uh, up until this point, like my, you know, I had a tendency to be pretty rigid with some of the stuff I did. And all of a sudden I saw what these other guys were doing when they're turning in their line art. And I was like, Oh, you can do, you can do this and nobody gets mad at you. Right. Like I, I tended not to grayscale things at all. Like I tended not to like my stuff is very stark black and white typically, but I was like, Oh, you can actually do all this other stuff. And, and, and editorial isn't going to kick that those pages back to me because it isn't like just crisp black and white. So I like started adding a little bit more mid toning to it. Right. I started adding a little bit of screen toning to it and stuff and like giving it a little bit more texture. And suddenly I felt like, Oh, like it kind of opened up a whole new Vista for my artwork, which was really amazing to experience. Um, but yeah, like, but to that end, you get planet size X-Men in your inbox and you go, Oh boy. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's, that's what they're doing. And that's what it looks like. And I have to make sure that it doesn't look like crap. <laughs> Because, I mean, that, that book has some of the most incredible things in it I've ever seen in a book. Like, that, that Pepe guy, he knows how to draw, it turns out. He's, he's got, I, I, don't, I don't know how long that, it looks like that book took him a year and a half. Like, I don't know how you do that in, in, in whatever time they gave him. But it's, it really is a phenomenal piece of work. I, I've really never seen anything like it. People, go buy, go buy Planet Size X-Men. Don't listen to me. Don't, yeah, don't buy my crap. Go buy that one. Actually, buy both. If you got the money. I don't know you. I don't know your financial good. situation. <laughs> both is good um but yeah so so let's 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 go back to to you know way of action and your issue of the gala one of the things that i appreciated uh was uh you know when we're actually at the physical gala 
uh, because a lot of it is, is the morning after. But yeah, um, the, your, your, the choice to use Nightcrawler's eyes as, as the POV, as the camera, uh, yeah. reminded me of, of one, uh, that old prod- Prodigy video uh, that used to play like after midnight on MTV. Um, we're all old here. Oh yeah, the 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 one about the, the uh... yes, <laughs> the one who's you, tur- you have to turn today. the pitch up. What happens after that is up to you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> then there's another one. Uh, and then uh, it also reminded me of the um, uh, being Frank episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which was was probably also. Bit, oh know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no toe knives appeared in this episode uh, <laughs> in the, in our issue, but you know. <laughs> Um, so, you know, that, that choice, uh, you know, was that, was that you, was that born from a chat with Cy or, you know, how did that, that bit um, come together? It w- the, the script wrote, like, I think Cy had written, I, I'm pretty sure that this takes place all in first person. See if you can make that work. And I was like, that sounds like fun. I've never done that before. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. And I, you know, it was the, the whole idea was that, uh, you know, poor Kurt was getting, a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit deeper and deeper and deeper into kind of being hammered. So uh, it was like, how how do we, uh, how do we communicate that? Because every single one of those panels is jam packed with like a thousand people and he's just, and he's just shit housed. Like, (laughs) so I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, it it, it was in the script and it just kind of became like, how do I, how do I get all this? How do I get all these people in here? Oh man, the the one panel too when he's talking to Nanny, I'm like, oh my god, that's the exact same scene from Aliens, just from a different angle. That's amazing. Yeah, exactly, right? Like, I I give the the writing uh, team a ton of credit for being so well connected and and like well integrated with one another. Like, you know, the 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 artists are not on that slack, you know, for for obvious reasons. We're just gonna throw wrenches into the works. We're like, why are they talking so much? Why can't they be exploding the world? And like, that's not the direction we want to go. Well, okay, fine. Uh, but you know, all that stuff is super well integrated. And like, there was, um, you know, one of the other books, I can't remember which one it was. Um, they were talking about like, hey, do we want to bring Legion in on this? And they were like, no, do not bring him in. <laughs> right. And it was like, oh yeah, they're all aware that all this stuff is happening. So like, it, it you know, it, it's a nice, I don't feel like, it, you know, if you're not reading all the other ones, you're, you're not going to enjoy them. Right. But like they do, they are aware of each other in, in like very fun in, in like fun ways, you're like, oh yeah, I am reading this one, and oh yeah, he is back, right? Like you know, it, things that are like fun Easter eggs and fun things to enhance your enjoyment, but they aren't necessarily going to impede your enjoyment because you don't know what's happening in the other book. So mm-hmm. yeah, they're, they're, lot, all credit to the uh, to the X writers; they're doing a, an impeccable job. Uh, on a somewhat related note, there, there's that scene in issue two where. Kurt goes into Legion's mind and it's this chaos of all of the different, <laughs> you know, persona fighting. And then in issue three, also in issue three, there's the sex scene-ish between Loa and Mercury. <laughs> it's a sex scene in the way that that legendary issue of Swamp Thing with the psychedelic tubers is yeah. a sex scene. Or, or, or I think of it more the way um, that they handled it in Demolition Man, right? Where they had to put on the things and like meld brains and stuff. So <laughs> those are both these incredibly visually striking and different scenes. How much of that is in size scripts and how much of it is just sort of like, okay, there's a bunch of people fighting in the cityscape or they're having this sort of intimate moment in their minds and go to town. Um, there, 
so you know what I have to I don't have the script in front of me I I recall like when I read it I knew exactly what I wanted to do with it and I Cy has a has a way of of writing like evocatively enough that like but still giving you some room to play with stuff um but like I, I knew I knew that so when when they first pitched this this series to me they were like this is going to be like some kind of crazy like mind melding psychedelic stuff and i was like and, and as soon as i saw it i was like oh this is where i'm putting it in <laughs> right because I, I was really looking you know for for lack of a better term i was i was excited about the opportunity to draw some lsd comics i was like i want to i want to i want to i want to you know change the way people think about you know I wanted it to be weird, right? Like I wanted to do some weird stuff, some stuff I'd never actually done in in, in a book before. So um, when that scene came up and like they, they were in each other's minds and like having like this, this sort of intimate experience where they were, uh, you know, understanding each other's emotions and backgrounds and stuff like that. I was like, Oh yeah, we're going to, we're, we're going to, we're going to create a, a psychedelic landscape. And then we're going <laughs> to, we're, we're gonna we're gonna float them like liquid. I don't even know through it. And I think some. I think he did sort of. I think he said something along the lines of like there's sort of maybe liquid swirling through some sort of something or other. I, again, it was like it was very strangely worded. But I was like, okay, yeah, I I, I get what he's going for here. <laughs> uh, you know the the whole <clears throat> way of X builds itself as as you know this this sort of deep philosophical treatise on, on life in Krakoa, uh, mm. you know, but there's also these scenes where, you know, uh, uh, you know, a mutant poops ice cream or like a bunch of mutants. <laughs> I, I, I need it stated that, look, that, that is so far in the background. We are is, not, th- th- these pages are not loaded with, with, you know, piles of shit. Okay. Like the, the, the only thing it is loaded with is piles of vomit. Okay. And like, that's what, that's what I delivered. That's what got me excited about this book. As soon as I got that first issue and I saw, and I saw that they had like puke scenes, I was like, this is the book for me. As I said, mad magazine reader, I'm, I'm here, I'm here to deliver this vomit. And, and, and you definitely do uh, three issues running, uh, you know, and, and, you know, Nightcrawler gets drunk off his ass. We've already covered that. Dr. Nemesis is running yeah. around, uh, you know, with mushrooms on his head, dunking on everyone. Oh, uh, yeah. How much effort do, do you put into to making sure that, you know, people don't take this book too seriously, despite the fact that, you know, it is dealing with some very heavy themes? You know, the thing, I think, the thing that makes this book maybe work for a lot of people is that I, I can tell from, so, you know, Cy and I have spoken on a number of occasions, right? Like, but, you know, obviously he lives in, in jolly old England and mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a dirty yank. Right. So like we, you know, we, we, when we have an opportunity to interface, it's always great, but like I can, I could tell from the early scripts that he and I share a lot of the same sensibilities. And like when I saw that it was like, both like an interesting philosophical exploration at the same time as it was an interesting cultural exploration at the same time as it was like an interpersonal exploration at the same time as it was like moody and spooky. And at the same time as it was like full of these like great jokes and, uh, and and like, and like gross out humor. I was like, Oh, like this guy gets me. And like, we'd never met before. And the funny thing was, is that like he, 
I, I was an unknown quantity to him as well when we started when we started working together. And then as the pages started filtering in, I think we started to understand that like, oh yeah, we, we seem to get each other pretty good. Um, <clears throat> so I don't I don't even remember the original question at this point, but like, uh, but uh, but yeah, the, the the experience has been really really good, and I think. Um, yeah, I, uh, I'm. I'm certainly hoping that this uh, this this can be a a, a longer term uh, creative relationship because I I really like his writing and I really like his sensibilities and uh, it, he's also like, Sai is really like an incredible writer and, and, and I'm not just saying that because I've been lucky enough to work with him but like he he does he did such an incredible job in this book of like weaving these 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 jokes and like really like uh like shocking cliffhangers and and you know good humor like it 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 it, it weaves all of this stuff together in, in a way that i wouldn't have normally thought was possible and then as i saw it i was like okay yeah i th this this makes sense to me and uh I, again i was just i was just happy to be a, a, along for the ride like he he's a he's a cool dude he's a good writer nice guy um yeah if I if I ever if I ever a chance to, uh, to slow dance with him, I'll hold him close. Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I like him. He's a cool dude. No, <laughs> that's good. Um, yeah. So uh, we we obviously are not here to to beg for the future, but uh, okay. I, I saw, you can try. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I saw the sketch of uh, Fabian Cortez that apparently got uh, memed all to hell uh, a few days oh. ago. <laughs> Yeah, he was having a rough day. Apparently <laughs> um, so. Yeah, and that's the he thing. deserves like, it. <laughs> so you know, like there was that issue of sword where like he gets called before the council and and they all shit on him. And I was mm -hmm. like, I thought that was going to be the pinnacle of picking on a character who gives Fenris a run for their money as being the worst. But uh, <laughs> I'm I'm glad to see that we're not done uh, dunking on Fabes. Uh, you know. Oh yeah. But uh, you know, were you expecting that that you know little kind of work in progress sketch to to catch on the way it, the way that it did? Uh, I, I really didn't, but I mean, I guess I should have expected it. Like everybody hates him because he's just such a turd. And then, and then I just gave him a big white background, and then everybody was just able to put him in. And he, you know, he just looked so miserable. And you know, it's like when you when you put somebody that you hate in a position where they look miserable, everybody's like, hell yeah, this is what I'm here for. So uh, I don't know. I was just really happy about it. They, I was laughing the whole day. I didn't expect it, but you know, but you know, it, uh, it's a the thing that X-Men has taught me is I have no idea what people are going to latch on to. I don't understand. I don't understand the youth. I don't understand anybody. I just like drawing pictures. And when people get excited about them and then do silly things with them, they make me laugh. So I don't know. I guess as long as I'm laughing, it's okay. <laughs> uh, you know, in an island populated by every mutant that ever was, you know, it means that, that, even if a particular character isn't in your roster, you know, you can still draw them into the background of the scene mm -hmm. um, and maybe have them vomit. But, uh, you know, are, are there any, <laughs> are, are there any rules uh, for that these days? Like, like an assistant editor gives you a note that says, you know, uh, sorry, Bob, Memo Max is tied up in another book uh, this month. So he can't be at the Green Lagoon in this scene. Uh, yeah. So I, I have, uh, I haven't gotten any, any notes, but they do. I have had a situation where they went, hang on, we need to check on this character. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I didn't end up having to pull them out, but um, they, they do keep an eye on where people are and making sure that, uh, you know, that we don't have them somewhere where they're, where they're not supposed to be. Um, 
but yeah, so it, 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 you know, that that's all run through editorial because I, you know, the, the sad part of, of making these funny books is you don't have a ton of time to actually read them. So, <laughs> uh, which, which is unfortunate. Cause like I said, there's some really cool stuff going on right now, but, um, but yeah, so, you know, luckily, luckily we have a, we have a very talented and observant, uh, because I hide all kinds of people in the background, like any, any old person that I can think of ends up back there. So <laughs> You, you could always use Jamie Madrox. He's everywhere. And Wolverine, I'm sure that's his mutant power, at least it was in the 90s, to appear in, you know, 40 books a month. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? So, yeah, no, I, I have done, I've done multiple mad. I've done Wolverine. Uh, who else? I, I, yeah, there's just a ton of, but n- name a person, I've probably tried to stick him in the background somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Along with uh, other just make ups and stuff like that. You can't, you can't put name mutants in every situation because like every now they'll be like no 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 they don't, don't do that yeah they, they, they do allow you to use your best judgment in those situations so you know <laughs> L- luckily i haven't been called out on, on poor judgment other than my stupid ice cream poopers <laughs> oh well <laughs> uh, so on top of way of x and we mentioned this at the beginning you're also the uh, artist in the upcoming uh, uh cable uh one shot that's part yes. of yes uh, the last annihilation event uh, written yes. by Al Ewing. Yes. Uh, how'd that gig come about? Um, so the uh, they say in order to work in comics, you need to be two out of three. You either need to be extremely talented, you need to be on time, you need to be easy to work with. Uh, I know I'm easy to work with, and I know I'm very fast. So what happened was, is I was very, very fast, and I was actually <clears throat> six weeks ahead of schedule on way of x i think nice. uh something like that yeah. so they they said uh hey bob you have some time do you want to do this cable book uh with al ewing it's gonna be it's gonna be like basically it's gonna be the 90s and i was like oh you mean my copies of Cyberforce that are sitting right here <laughs> this is this is gonna be useful to me i was like yeah let's let's try that let's see what happens and like, so, um, you know, Al's working on, you know, what he's, what he's working on and stuff like that. But like the, one of the cool things about that book is that um, I, I felt like uh, he was, so I, I would get like a few pages at a time. and be like, you know, he, here's five pages, here's 10 pages or something like that. And I felt very much like he was reacting to what I was doing. So like, you know, when in, in the opening sequence, I made some choices that were very nineties and then we started leaning into it. <laughs> Um, and, and the book is like totally like, it's a lot of fun. It's kind of goofy, right? Like it, it, it's got a lot of, um, it, I don't know. It, it does sort of have like a lot of my love letter to the stuff that I did, you know, like, cause, cause like I said, most of what I read was like comic strip stuff, but like when I really got into comics was when my, uh, you know, my, my cousin brought home a, that first copy of Cyberforce, And I was like, who's this Mark Silvestri guy? Holy crap. Um, and that, that kind of became like the thing that I loved. And you, you'd never know it from the way I draw, but like, that's definitely like what got me excited about comic books as opposed to just like, you know, strip gag comics and stuff. So, you know, when I, when I got the opportunity to pull that, that stupid nineties crap out and like crosshatch everything, I was like, yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's, let's see what I can, let's see what I can pull out here. Right. Like, um, but yeah, it was it was a lot of fun, and uh, I hope people enjoy it as much as I enjoyed making it because it's just it's nonstop bananas stuff, and it's it's a lot of fun. As someone who you know came up in the '90s and can 
give you all of Cable's background from memory. That sounds like it's right up my alley. Oh, good. I, I, if, if that's the case, I think you're really going to enjoy it. It's, it's, a, it's a fun time. Bit of the old stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Bit of the old English on it. That's yeah. right. <laughs> oh, man. Speaking of Dream of the 90s, you're drawing Onslaught. <laughs> like, that's... Yeah, you heard of that guy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm here to tell you he's he's large and big and purple and red and he's uh he's angry and psych and psychic and in your mind. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I, I mean, I you know I as mentioned, I I didn't read a ton of the stuff. So then, like, I was like, oh, onslaught that'll be that'll be fun. I'm sort of you know worthy, you know, sort of psychic brain beast thing. Yeah, that's that'll be cool. And um, some of the reaction on Twitter was like, oh, no, it's Onslaught. I'm like, well, is, is, this, is this not a beloved character? I didn't know that there was like some sort of history here. <laughs> I was like, oh, I guess somebody's upset about this. <laughs> I mean, is, is that a thing? Or, or, or is, is he not a, a beloved villain? <laughs> t- t- tell me and your listeners the history here. <laughs> Put it this way. I, you know, if we're if we're sitting here ranking, you know, '90s X-Men crossovers, and we're not because that's a different podcast that runs on our sure. website. Uh, you know, check it out. Go, probably, go to your favorite podcatcher and do- download it today. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, it's it's probably not going to be number one. Mm-hmm. That said, you know, this whole Krakoan era is about viewing these characters through new lenses. It's about taking, you know, uh, old concepts and, and and figuring out how they work in the modern era. So, you know, you tell me that you're, 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 you're drawing uh, Magneto and Charles's psychic love child. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to give this a shot because it's probably going to be something different and interesting that, um, you know, we didn't get 25 years ago that we should have gotten in the first place. I got I to gotta see what I, I have to be careful about yeah. what I say here. Um, of course. Because, again, two size credit, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people... Like a, a lot, one of the one of the big uh, gripes I see uh, on 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 the internet mm-hmm. in the in the Krakoan era is that death doesn't matter, right? Okay, is that everybody can just be re- who cares? Guess what? So I figured out how to make it matter, and that's all I'm going to say about it. Uh, some some stuff happens with some characters and it has to do with onslaught and it matters and it's a big deal and it's really cool. This is And that's this. it. That's all you get. <laughs> that's good tease. That's very good tease, sir. Yeah, my uh, that, my that hat is... that I'm not wearing goes off to you. <laughs> I'll mean, take, well, take it off the side. He wrote it. I just got, I just got to draw it and it looks rad. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, so, so, yeah, big speaking... water bottle. I look like a stupid baby. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> you guys are not on the video chat with us. It's, a, it's, I look goofy. <laughs> it's a hydro flask. Everyone's got one now. <laughs> this is, this is a hydro cell, sir. It's the same thing with a different branding. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> oh, man. Um, you know, but, but, but speaking of the cool stuff that you're drawing, you know, in, in, in the meantime, on the side of, of all of this, you know, you've been posting some work in, uh, work in progress picks with some stuff involving, uh, you know, some fantasy characters, um, hmm. kind of orcs or frost giants. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, that, that's, just, that's just me in my free time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't sure how much you were, you were, you were cooking on the side there. 
Oh, I, I'm I'm constantly cooking, my friend. I've got I've got all kinds of concepts that will probably never go anywhere. <laughs> no, whoops! Oh, my phone fell. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, no. So I mean, you know, um, before I was a comic book artist, mm-hmm. I wrote stuff. Um, I you know, I, I, you've you've never read any of it, but um, the first thing I did was was a was a book called Guntown that um, you know, I co-wrote with one of my best friends from college and. Um, he and I uh, spent a long time writing together. I actually went to school for writing uh, for, uh, at college. And, uh, you know, art was sort of just a thing I did in my free time until it eventually became my job. And I wish I would have figured out that I liked it so much before because I wouldn't have wasted those 12 years making video games. Um, but, you know, what, what are you going to do? Uh, y- you eventually find the thing that you love and hopefully you get to do it. But, uh, but yeah, so um, maybe one of these days I'll be able to tell my Viking epic. I don't know. Here's hoping. I got my fingers crossed. <laughs> Oh man! Well, you know, we'll, we'll keep our our eyes peeled for uh, Kickstarter. Yeah, uh, if, if, if if what you were hoping is yeah, if what you were hoping is that I'm drawing Thor, it's not happening. Oh. <laughs> Sadly. Um, <laughs> so I, I was I was curious though. You know, what was what kind of pushed you to take that leap from from video game development to uh, to pursuing art full time? Um. So. My in my experience, like so, I, I spent a long, 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 long time making video games. And I worked for a bunch of really big companies, right? So like I started out and I worked for Disney and then I worked for a development studio at THQ. Then I went back to Disney on another, on another team. And then I went to Activision and then I went to a small uh, privately held company. And every time I kept going, well, this next company is going to be the one where management isn't crazy this next company is going to be the one where i'm not going to want to shoot myself at the end of the day and every time i would switch companies i would always end up in the same position where i'm like these people don't know what i do they don't know what they're talking about and everything sucks and i and i I just want to like not keep doing this right so i had an opportunity like i said with my with my best friend from college to make a graphic novel and i was sort of at the end of my rope with my you know 12 year long gaming career and i i talked to my wife and i was like would you how bad would it be if i took a year off to do this like could would we be in trouble would you be angry with me you know i'm still getting paid for it and everything but you know it's going to be it's obvious you know i I was a senior producer at a at a gaming company and i'm now going to be making comic book money like are you okay with that and to her credit she said yes go for it you're miserable So, um, you know, having the best wife in the world, I left my, I left my job and drew a comic book for a year and, um, you know, had really no prospects at the end of it, right? Like I had no idea what I was going to do. And I was like, well, I guess, you know, maybe, maybe this isn't going to happen and I'll just have to go back to gaming. But um, I'd managed to make some friends uh, with, uh, with Ben Acker of the Thrilling Adventure Hour and... Uh, you know, famed writer of things like King's Quest, which I drew um, for Dynamite. So he was my in to the industry, basically. So he introduced me to his editor. I delivered a book at a breakneck pace. And then from there on out, uh, I was working pretty consistently uh, for Dynamite until I until I accidented into Marvel. So uh, (laughs) it's, uh, yeah, no, I've, I've, I've had the most charmed, lucky career just by happening into things. It's, it's been, uh it's been a wild ride i was not expecting <laughs> um 
Speaking of uh, of your wife, uh, Matt, I think you had a question yes. there. Yes. Um, so I listened to an episode of the podcast that you sort of engineer and oh. provide color, color commentary for. <laughs> sure. That is your wife and her best friend, yes. uh, Booze and Brews. Yes. How did that start? <laughs> oh, uh, that that's very simple. Um, so my, my wife and her best friend uh, love ghost stories and they love beer and that's literally where I was and then they were like hey let's do a podcast and they kind of were talking and and I talked to you know she was like oh we're thinking about doing this thing and I was like well lucky for you uh wife I happen to write and record music so I already have all of the audio equipment so if you want to do it I guess just have her show up in our in our kitchen and we'll sit around and drink and talk about ghosts all day um and that's that's literally how it came about. They they were on a walk. They were talking about things that they were thinking about doing that they thought might be fun, and they did it. And uh, because I own all the equipment, I get to be on the show. <laughs> Excellent. I, I I am always looking for another podcast to listen to when, when your you know workout is two plus hours of walking a day. You run through podcasts. Oh yeah, real fast. Dude, that, that's and, all and, I do all day. All I do all day is listen to podcasts and, yeah. and draw pictures. So I, I get it. I can work with whatever I want on. So the beauty of <laughs> IT work. So there's, I there go, go through the podcasts and uh, they've become an addiction. Thanks to your buddy, Ben Acker. Cause oh. boy, howdy. <laughs> Thrilling adventure hour was the, the podcast. that was like, Oh, now I oh, must yeah. listen to more of these. Yeah. 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 That, that was the big one for me too. Um, it, uh, again, that's how I got my first job. I, uh, I was listening to thrilling adventure hour and I got to the beyond belief where, uh, Carlisle Ravencastle showed up and I thought, I just thought he was so damn funny and I drew a picture of him and then I just tagged Ben and I, I tagged the Ben's and, uh, Ben Acker immediately ended up on my DMS because apparently he, he, he had seen my artwork somewhere and he was like, Oh my God, you found us. Um, we're doing a thing with image. Do you maybe want to draw one of them? And I was like, Oh yeah, sure. And then I, I guess that, that didn't end up happening or like some of them came out and then like, maybe they didn't end up doing all of them. Um, so that I ended up not doing that, but then I ended up doing the, the King's quest book with uh, him and Keith, Keith Horse, uh, Heath Corson. There we go. <laughs> who has also become a good friend that guy's that's a cool guy too so, is it is it just your wife who's big into the ghost stories are you a horror person too or is that uh i i am the uh i'm the local skeptic uh in general i'm just i'm just there to make the poop jokes guys you know that <laughs> that's that's really my whole job on the show i i do oh and then on the occasion that we do a uh, conspiracy conspiracy theory episode i'm the one that looks those up and shrieks like a maniac I do my best Alex Jones impression for like, you know, for an hour and just yell at them about, you know, the, the, the uh, BPA making the frogs gay or whatever it is he's yelling about this week. You know? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you gotten like some good, uh, some good beer wrecks uh, out, out of, uh, you know, doing the podcast or being in the room where it happens? Oh, my, my friends, we, we drink every episode is a new beer. I think we've had, God, we've had 200, 270 something episodes. That's 500 beers we've sampled on the show. Damn. So yeah, yeah. I found some good ones. <laughs> <laughs> I, if, you, if you guys are also beer drinkers, should you find yourself out on the West coast? I highly recommend uh, Coachella Valley Brewing Company. Uh, they, uh, they're, they're out here in the, they're out here in the desert. If you want to go out to Palm Springs or a thousand palms or 
any any of those desert community areas. Uh, and uh, I just found a new one out there for, for, hey, listeners, if you find one, it's called Big Stick Energy, and it's delicious. You should drink it. And if you're not a beer drinker, don't drink it. You're not going to like it. <laughs> good, good to know. <laughs> yeah, anytime. <laughs> so so we're, we're getting near the end of the show, and this is the spot that we often reserve for what we call Pet Corner, where we ask creators about their pets. But after listening to that most recent episode of the podcast, I'm I'm going with a related somewhat question where I have to ask who or what is Jeff the mongoose? Jeff the mongoose is a, um, Jeff the mongoose is like a cryptid. And uh, he, he's famous for like this family song and like he would talk to them and he said this insane shit. He was like, I've split the atom. I am the fifth dimension. If you think it's, it's G E F F I think. Um, But look up Jeff the mongoose. It's it's the craziest story. It's absolutely bananas. Um, to- totally worth a worth a read. It's 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 the goofiest thing on earth. We we did an episode about it, so feel free uh, to to uh, to give it a listen. Yeah, let's uh, go back and find that one. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, the wife and I live in a uh, pet-free apartment, so that sucks. We 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 would very much like one. Uh, I had a I had a number of dogs growing up. Um, we had a first started out with a collie. And then we had two golden retrievers, and then uh, my parents currently have a Jack Russell. Um, okay. So uh, yeah, we're 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 big dog fans, and as soon as we can actually live in a place that allows us to have animals in it, uh, we're probably going to end up buying like sixteen dogs because we we love them both very much. So she wants a corgi, and I want like the biggest dog you can get on the planet. So <laughs> we'll see, we'll see what happens. But I got my fingers crossed. I'm hoping maybe, maybe one of these days I'll be able to buy a house and fill it with animals. <laughs> <laughs> We've got, uh, my wife and I have two dachshunds, uh, you know, not looking mm. to, not looking to bring it in a third, but it, you know, if there's ever a time where I end up looking for, you know, another dog uh, for whatever reason, um, you know, corgis, I, I'm really thinking corgi. I, you know, I, I, and, they're adorable. And, yeah, there's another low to the ground dog. It's got a good butt on it. Yes, gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they got the stumpiest, tiniest little legs. They're adorable. Yeah, like every time we see, because I might, you know, my, my wife and I, in order to keep active and uh, you know stay heart healthy, like to go out on walks on the, uh, pretty much every evening. And our area out here in uh, in the Sherman Oaks, California area, is just loaded with those things. And every time she sees one, we concoct plans as to how we're going to steal it from the owner. Um, <laughs> We haven't done it yet, but if you do find out, like if, if, if Way of X ends prematurely, it's because I was arrested because my wife demanded I steal somebody's dog. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have to get into our house to steal our cats. So they, 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 they're indoor cats. Mm. Very much so. <laughs> I'm sadly a very allergic to cats, and we found that out only by, uh, by us buying one mm. way back in the day. Mm. I, was, I was miserable for about a week. <laughs> Yeah, and then yeah, I had a the, I had a very good friend who owned like uh, five cats at one point, and then he went out of town, and I was the only person he trusted to feed them and give them their medication. And I was like, "Why did you pick me? Why did you pick the guy that's deathly ill around your poor cats?" But I like I loved him to death, so I was like, "Okay, yeah, I'll I'll uh, I'll take care of your kitties for you." <laughs> yeah, with, with cat allergies, being around them, you either find they get worse or you develop a certain immunity to your cats. Yeah. No, everything has only gotten worse because it used to be I would just get a runny nose and then I got a runny nose and my eyes got itchy. And then I started looking like a crack addict because I was like bleary eyed, nose running, scratching my neck 
like Ooh. like like that uh, I can't remember that guy from uh from the uh, Chappelle show. I, I was like that guy. <laughs> like uh, unbelievable. <laughs> oh, uh so uh penultimate question. Uh okay. what are you reading right now? What am I reading right now? Nothing. I'm not reading anything, and it's the worst answer on earth. I, li- I literally don't have time. I-, I just got, like I said, I got some comps in the mail. Mm-hmm. Um, I, re- I actually, I've been reading, what I have been reading are all the Kickstarters I backed over the last year. Hmm. Um, just because, uh, you know, I was like, a-, a lot of my friends were, some of them were struggling and stuff like that. And I was like, all right, uh, for-, for whatever reason, I was overloaded with work last year. Um, and like I was drawing two books a month at one point and just all kinds of, all kinds oh, wow. of stuff. So I was like, all right, I'm going to, I've had a, I've had a, a, a wealth, a wealth of work. So I was, I was throwing stuff out. So, um, anytime, anytime there was a, there was a Kickstarter to be backed, I was backing it. So, um, what did I get in the mail recently? I got, uh, I got beef bros from Aubrey Sitterson. I got, um, Helm Gray Castle. I got, uh, what else did I get? Uh, I, I, I backed um so there's there's this uh, uh this uh, concept artist named Ryan Lang who just uh who did one called Isun Boshi, uh, which I'm really 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 excited about getting because that guy's an incredible artist and I was like I, I don't even care this the story could be you know somebody you know farting in the wind but I'm gonna read it because it's gonna look amazing um so I'm I'm, I'm super excited about that one because I, I just got the email that like make sure that you've you've given us your address because they're going out soon so that's that's what I'm reading is like small indie stuff. <laughs> From uh, from people's Kickstarters. Mm-hmm. Um, when you were when you were doing uh, two books last year, was that was that when you were drawing, drawing uh, Captain America? Captain America and Red Sonia, same time. Don't oh, recommend wow. it, people. Don't do it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was an accident because I was like, I, I thought maybe I was like, okay, well, you know, I don't want to do this, but I'll talk to my editors over at at, uh, at Dynamite because like they kind of knew that Marvel had been sniffing around. A little bit and i was like hey are you guys gonna be real put out if i have to leave because you know i'm i'm ahead we're in good shape like could i leave this book and do captain america you get it right and they're like yeah we, we get it and then i got a call the next day and they're like could could you not though and i was like <laughs> all right i'll just figure it out so i ended up making myself this huge master schedule of like in order to hit these dates what, what do i have to be drawing on what days mm-hmm. and like i was doing i was like penciling upwards of four to five pages a day and it was it was just it was just awful <laughs> but then um i ended up getting out of it just a hair early and not going completely insane because that's when the panini hit right and uh, all of a sudden mm-hmm. diamond shut down and um i got uh, i think captain america got um it went to another artist who was actually marvel contracted uh, and they, you know, they, they have to guarantee him a certain amount of pages a month, I think is how it works. So it was like, Hey Bob, sorry, love you. But, um, we ha- we have to give this other guy work. Otherwise we're in breach. And I was like, I don't, I don't care. I get it. I have other things to do. <laughs> um, but then, but then diamond opened back up and I got to draw champions, which was incredible. So, um, one, one of the, another one of the highlights of my career. So if you haven't read, if you haven't read champions outlawed, people read it good. It's good for the kids and it's a lot of fun. I'm really, really proud of that book. All right. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, Bob, this has been fantastic. It's been an hour. Uh, final question. How can people follow you online uh, and keep up with Way of X and Cable and everything else you got going on? Well, because I'm terrible at branding and I don't know anything about the internet, anywhere that you'd want to follow me is a completely different name. 
So if you want to follow me on Twitter, RobotJQ, if you want to follow me on Instagram, I barely post there anymore because I hate Facebook, but follow me at King of Smaster, all one word. What does it mean? You'll have to ask me to find out. Um, What does it mean? uh, Okay, so here we go. Here's a story for you. Uh, When I was in high school, I went to Mexico for a while. Uh, And while I was there, there was a very popular band uh, called Plastilina Mosh. And it was sort of like this weird, uh, like half rock, half rap, half, I don't know what it was. It was was very very unique music. And they had a song on the album called Monster Truck. And I thought it was the funniest song on earth. But because they were singing, obviously, with, uh, with, with, uh, with an accent, there was a line in the song that said, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm the chaos, uh, I'm the chaos master and I make disaster. No, no, it was something, something, something. And I make disaster. I'm the chaos master. But because of the accent, it sounded like King of Smaster. And I always thought that was really funny. So, I, and like, I didn't know what, I didn't think Instagram was going to be a thing. I was like, I don't know. I'm the King of Smaster. And I put it up and now that's my stupid name and you can't find me because none of my, none of my social media tags line up. So anyway, feel free to look around. I don't know. Follow me if you can, but you don't have to, you know, you've got a busy day. <laughs> I, I barely tweet and I barely post, but every now and then you get to see Fabian Cortez crying. So maybe that's worth it. I don't know. <laughs> it sounds like a benefit to me. Uh, Bob, thank you so much for coming on the show. It has been absolutely my pleasure, gentlemen. Thank you so much for having me. That's it for this week's show. As a reminder, WMQ&A is part of Comics XF, meaning you can find this podcast along with our sister podcasts, Battle of the Atom and Chris's on Infinite Earths, and a ton of great comics criticism at ComicsXF.com. You can listen to WMQ&A on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and at ComicsXF.com, where new episodes move Tuesday mornings. You can support WMQ&A at Patreon.com slash WMQComics where a dollar donation gets you early access to episodes, shoutouts on the podcast, and a customized bonus reading column written by Matt Lazowitz built around the character, creator, or theme of your choice. A $2 donation gets you a free random comic in the mail for my collection. A $3 donation gets you a slot in the Comics XF staff picks. And a $50 donation lets you advertise on the show. Big thanks to our patrons, Charlie Davis from the Match Club podcast, Robert Secundus from Toxman at ComicsXF.com, Carla Pacheco for Marvel's Spider-Woman series, and Asimov Fangirl, a.k.a. the Loyalist Content Consumer. You can follow WMQ&A on Twitter at WMQComics, me at Daniel P. Grote, Matt Lazowitz at MattLaz1013, and ComicsXF at ComicsXF. And until next week, remember, that one time Pete Wisdom stopped a vampire invasion from the moon. WMQA.